Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. This is Controlling Commodity Costs, and we are your hosts, Craig Turner and Tom Dazzle. We are your authority to gain control of your commodity exposure, stay ahead of the competition, and maximize your profit margins. This podcast is brought to you by StoneX Group, a Fortune 100 company with a 100-year history in the commodity markets. You can find us on the NASDAQ. Hello again, everyone. It's your host, Tom Dosdall here for another episode of Controlling Commodity Costs. I'm joined, as always, by Craig Turner. And today we have a very special guest, our expert in the plastics department, and that's Bruce Benefield. Bruce, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So, uh, Bruce, your title here is Co-Director of Energy. Can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, your time with StoneX and your experience and, and how you got into this this uh, space being being kind of a resident expert in managing uh, price risk on uh, plastics. Yeah, Tom, absolutely. So, uh, you know, to, to date myself a little bit and start out, uh, I've been with uh, StoneX companies for uh, just uh, just a little over 23 years now. And, uh, you know, started when we were uh, a much smaller company and uh, have always kind of been on the energy side of commodities and, uh, you know, have have uh, morphed into something greater and bigger, obviously, over time. Uh, you know, I was like many of us started. It was, a, you know, a customer facing kind of build your own deck of business um, on the marketing brokering side, uh, you know, for, for years and uh, got into the, uh, uh, the, the swap dealer side, the trading side, managing risk and uh you know managing our internal risk and trading uh, those portfolios for energy products here about 12 years ago and so in today's current format uh, i'm the director of inter- co-director of energy trading for the swap dealer uh, for energy products so crude oils natural gas refined products all the ngl products and then you know what we'll talk about a little more in depth today uh, plastic type products resins uh, specifically meaning high density polyethylene and polypropylene which are all you know derivatives of hydrocarbon molecules um you know really what drove our interest and and uh, kind of involvement into this space was as you guys know we're a really broad-based company financial services wise and we have a lot of deep roots with a lot of companies uh, across a lot of different commodities, you know, specifically talking about dairy, ag products, uh, soft commodities, metals, energy products, various commodities. And, you know, not speaking specifically about energy, but of these other commodities that I really didn't have any involvement in, a lot of the brokers uh, that I talked to and would communicate with a lot you know, we're always, you know, they, they might have some diesel exposure, some propane, some various things in the ag markets where they're not core, but they would come across and dabble in at times for some seasonal reasons. Um, they always came to us and said, hey, you know, we, 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 our customers manage commodity exposures with us and, you know, the core things and what we're involved in and some other energy exposures. But they're starting to recognize a lot of price volatility and exposure to, to plastic. Uh, to, to, you know, plastic exposure, price risk. And if there's anything that you can ever do there, uh, they would, you know, as a customer, they'd be really interested in learning how to manage that and and, and uh, be able to, to trade those commodities and, and hedge with those commodities as well. And that's, that's, what, that's kind of where we've evolved to today. 
So that's fascinating to me. I just want to elaborate on that for a minute. So Stonex was really one of the pioneers then in terms of opening up the plastics financial marketplace uh, to hedging. Is that is that fair to say? Well, let me let me go back a little bit there. There had been some products that had been listed by the exchanges, the CMA largely, um, you know, polyethylene, polypropylene type contracts um, that never took off. I don't know if they ever had any open interest period. Uh, they were never, you know, linked to the right pricing index. So in my world, I think about Platts, Opus, um, you know, ICIS, um, you know, ag products, food products. You might think about like USDA and different things like that, that might be an independent third-party indice. Well, in this case, for resins and plastics, they had an index that nobody really ever priced anything off of, or they didn't. You know that wasn't really seen as the right marker and so the market just never really took off and there wasn't really education into that space and i kind of relate relate it to fertilizer market how that's been really fledgling to get up and going um, it seems like there's been a lot of large producers and they just kind of have a stranglehold on that market and the consumer side is just subject to agreeing to what it is and we looked at this a lot and we surveyed a lot of like you know food service type customers and downstream packaging type customer, consumer packaging customers, and they're uh, asking them, you know, what are, what is your exposure? You know, what index do you have product that you buy? What is it tied to? And, you know, really, you know, obviously I think we've discussed and, and uh, mentioned that, you know, we hired a, a, a senior plastics expert here a couple of years ago that's been in the industry for a long time, focusing on that market. And, you know, we did a lot of research and homework into that space, and we really kind of came back and found out what were the right indexes that our customers were looking for, or what would they be interested in? What are they tying physical purchases to or physical products that they're buying? What is it being tied to? And so really it came back to finding those right types of indexes and, and you know, building a swap off those indexes. Now, we're not the first ones. It's been done and it's still being done today. There's banks that are really large that offer this service to, uh, you know, to players at times, but it's not something that's uh, widely known and it's not, you know, hugely liquid or anything like that. But, you know, there's probably a few large players that are, you know, multi, uh, multinational conglomerate type companies and they uh, they have probably you know been managing that exposure to some degree, but even those types of companies we talk to now or have had conversations with, and they're always looking for additional liquidity, um, you know, better better ways to hedge, better items, and we feel like that we've really put a lot of work into to doing it the way we're doing it now, and and hopefully on the cusp of something much bigger. That's great. I appreciate that further insight. Okay, so because it is one of those things when we sit down with a customer, it's one of those things that we, we get a lot of questions on and get a lot of interest in is that a lot of people didn't know there are tools out there to help them control their costs associated with plastics. And it's always one of those things like when we do meetings and whatnot, um, folks want to learn more about it. it it's, a, it's definitely a, a main interest point. So um, I think firstly, just getting it out there that there is a financial marketplace where people can go and utilize swaps to to control prices when they're in value areas, just like they can. You know, a lot of our listeners, Bruce, are, are procurement folks and, and yeah. you know, people on the purchasing side, and they're doing it for, for a lot of their main ingredients. Um, I think just getting this out there that they know that 
a financial marketplace exists. It may be off exchange via the swaps market, and there's more education we can provide to them on that. But firstly, just knowing that it exists and getting a little more information and, and kind of pointing people in the direction of, of where to go to, to build on this knowledge is, is really the goal of, of this episode. So, yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. and, you know, just to add on to that, you know, Bruce, can you can you take us through an example of what this looks like through trading futures and options or in the, or in this case the swaps market and hedging these costs we have clients that certainly understand uh, hedging corn or soybean oil which are tied to physical contracts something that's tied to an index like your market uh, which would be lean hogs lean hogs is tied to an index so i think just to try to make it a little bit more real for the audience or someone who hasn't looked into the plastics uh, and resins market before just take us through an example and that way we can make it a little bit more real yeah absolutely <laughs> um so really standard we kind of look at it in terms of a hundred thousand pounds uh, not to say that we have to be at that we, we, this is all otc there's nothing on the exchange uh, that's listed. So it's a bilateral swap contract that we would trade principle to principle with with the customer. Um, so in that sense, it allows us that flexibility. If somebody wants to trade 114,000 pounds, I can do that. It doesn't have to be like a 5,000 bushel contract or, a, mm -hmm. you know, such and such. Um, we can customize that. But typically we look at it in increments of 100,000 pounds. You know, if somebody was going to do something at 100,000 pounds on a monthly basis, that's pretty small in this in this space for mm -hmm. high density polyethylene or polypropylene. Um, you know, average size deals probably, you know, probably be thinking more upwards of like a million, two million, three million pounds a month. Um, we're, we see quite a bit of interest either on a monthly basis, quarterly, or even the types that budget for a year out. Um, we do we do a lot of indicative pricing on things like that, but I would say most common is probably quarter. And and then to go a little bit further, you know, with the with the poundage being a hundred thousand pounds, it trades in cents per pound. So like today, just for example, high density polyethylene contract price. Um, you know, it might be somewhere in the neighborhood. It's called 55 cents a pound. Polypropylene homopolymer pricing would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 cents a pound. And those would be respective to uh, what would be the former IHS index, what they now call CMA, uh, chemical market analysis. So those are, there's going to be some discrepancies in pricing and different things. And those people out there that are looking at these reports or familiar with those indexes, they'll know what I'm talking about, but there, there's definitely some, um, uh, there can be some skew in, in looking at one report or one reporting agency versus the other and, uh, whatnot, but that's, that's pretty standard and that's pretty typical. Those two, those two commodities that we have listed high density polyethylene blow molding contract price and polypropylene homopolymer contract price are the two most common um, polyolefins, plastics, resins that are, you know, out there that are used to make plastic products that are utilized. I mean, there's obviously others, there's polystyrene, there's PVC, there's PET that makes your bottle caps and things like that. There's obviously other, other products, but those are two of the largest ones. And you know, we have ambitions to get into other plastics products, but we're really down to want to just get started in this space and get these going and see the traction that we felt 
uh, and the largest two in the space. And they do correlate really well to a lot of the other ones um, as it is. So it gives us a lot of cross-hedging capability too. Yeah, so that's interesting. I didn't actually didn't realize that. So for it, you know, 55 cents a pound or 50 cents a pound, and we're dealing with 100,000 pounds, these contracts have a notional value, you know, current market somewhere between 50 and 55 thousand dollars worth of worth of the index and then you know just like any other commodity market or swaps market there's some kind of a margin probably attached to that right just like there would be with crude oil or corn and honestly you know when i think about you know the notional value of these contracts i always kind of think well what does this look like versus corn or what does this look like versus you know crude oil you know for all our listens listeners out there you know when crude oil is trading at sixty dollars it's a thousand barrels that's a sixty thousand dollar notional contract right like when soybeans right. is trading 12 bucks that's sixty thousand dollars worth of of soybeans because it's five thousand bushels and um right it's just it's just it's interesting to hear like you know this is uh very yeah. you know for anyone out there who does deal in some of the other commodity markets you know the this plastics contract sounds very much in the wheelhouse just in terms of sizing as some of those others yeah, and some other interesting points about that too. It, it's it's kind of like some other markets that are really small and and there's not a lot of information. Like, hey, if you want to go out and find information on coffee or corn or crude oil, it's out there, right? You can find it. We publish a lot of it. All the banks are publishing information. But now if you want to go out and you want to start talking about, you know, like olefins markets or polyolefins markets, like like we're talking here, like the polypropylene and high density polypropylene, not so much. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's that's where it, it becomes difficult to really kind of understand what you're dealing with. And you mentioned a really good point earlier talking about, you know, say refined products and crude oil and how they're linked and you crack refined products out of crude oil. Well, it's really no different here with polyolefins. You've got to start with a feedstock and, you know, you can you can take it even a step further, you know, like with with high density polyethylene, you really start with ethane, um, you know, that really is it, it's cracked from raw natural gas uh, which we obviously have a very lot of uh, uh, an abundant amount of in the united states right now with all the shale plays that we've uh, uncovered and so you you have ethane and then you you take ethane and you crack it into ethylene and then ethylene becomes a feedstock that goes into you know polyethylene production and then from polyethylene you have different streams of polyethylene that you can make it into whether it's film or blow molding or other different types, but all of those re revert back to a margin. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our weekly updates that Howard does or our biweekly uh, reports is we talk about on the margins, you know, what a producer's looking like and, you know, how are they assessing, you know, pricing relative to what their feedstocks are. And that's something that we talk a lot about to, to customers and trying to get an understanding for that that, hey, we're just not talking about a flat price here. We're talking about, you know, where historical margins look like. Um, you know, where are producers at today? Are they comfortable? Where do they want to get to? And things like that. And that can, we believe that can, you know, give customers a better advantage or give them, you know, more education as they make decisions on purchasing and procurement. Yeah, that's great. I love it. That's great. Yeah, I, and I'm thinking too, so in terms of liquidity, like how far out, Bruce, can we go and hedge some of these products? We haven't really we haven't really tested the waters too far yet. I mean, we we have capability to obviously go 12 months. Um, there's been some interest and in talk out to 18 months. I really don't see an issue 
uh, if we had somebody that wanted to go 24 months. I haven't done anything like that yet, but um, you know, the producer side of the environment that we're connected with and their interest, um, I think it would potentially be there. So I, I really don't think there'd be a problem. No, um, and, 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 and what's interesting there is that the producer has really come to the table and been more interested than anybody ever dreamed that they would be. And I think a lot of that has to do with the increase in volatility, a subsequent increase in margins um, that we've had over the last three or four years. You know, when COVID happened, really a reverse happened. So you had crude oil, you know, and refined products, you know, essentially they lost all their demand and prices went zero and negative as we saw there for a period of time. Well, resin prices, plastics prices really did the opposite. You had polyethylene and polypropylene trading in the 40, 50 cent area and polypropylene almost tripled. I think spot prices went to a buck 46 at one point. Uh, high density poly polyethylene went, uh, I think, north of a buck for a while. And so you had double and tripling of prices because you had all of this demand. You had all these household products and household goods and stuff. And you, so you had a lot of stimulant for, for demand in those spaces. And then you coupled that with some weather events and you had some, some cracking capacity go down for some big events that we had in Texas happen during some winter storms. And so it was kind of like, a, you know, you had a lot of things happening at once, but you had a lot of volatility. And so that really piqued the interest of a lot more producer side. Um, so really now it's a function of getting produce or consumers educated and understanding that there's a tool out there for them to, to manage their, you know, their costs when it comes to procuring, you know, plastics, whether they're buying pellets or whether they're uh, buying a finished product, but it's still tied to some type of pricing. They have that capability to manage that now. That's helpful. Now, I think a lot of the folks we talk to 12 months, 18 months, that's, a, that's about as far down the road as they'll go on anything, let alone, let alone something like packaging costs. But so like, say sure. right now, say right now, we're, we like the price, we want to go out and, and financially hedge it with swaps, um, you know, for, for any number of these plastics or resins products, but let's just go through an example. Let's say we want to, want to hedge our usage. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's 500,000 pounds a month of take your pick. Uh, we want to go out and cover maybe 50% of our needs, let's say. Um, is that reasonable? Say for the next 12 months, we're going to set a financial hedge. Um, and then maybe we have our suppliers who are delivering physical product to us on a monthly basis. I guess kind of, it's sort of like a futures hedging 101 kind of example, but, yeah. but maybe walk us through. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, if we've got that hedge on, how do we handle that when it comes time? So it's our, our suppliers are, are coming delivering product, we're paying a cash right. price. How are we offsetting that hedge and, and making sure that everything's right. working hand in hand? Most, almost in all circumstances, guys are either doing a feedstock plus or they're doing an index agreement to the specific product that the it's their plastic or their their pellets are coming from. So the high density polyethylene or poly, polypropylene, they're being indexed to probably most likely United States type buyers, you know, relative to this conversation we're talking about, and even a lot of Latin America and South America's too. They're indexing either to ICIS, which is CDI, those two companies, uh, ICIS owns CDI, I think it is now. And then even a larger, most more prominent probably is CMA, which is the old IHS. And so the people in the business will recognize those, those uh, abbreviations, acronyms. And those indexes are what your swap will index to. And so at the same time, their physical purchases, the products that they're buying, those are going to be indexed 
to those. And what happens is people will get a, let's just say they have a, a freight, a, a basis, if you will, to say, hey, I want pellets or I want plastic pricing at CMA, you know, minus 15 cents a pound or CMA plus 10 cents a pound, whatever that basis is, then they're going to float that index. And so that index sets once a month. It's a price that's published by that third party. It comes out the first week of the next month. So August price, uh, July pricing was set somewhere, you know, early August. They, they send out a, a, a report called the Global Polymers and Plastics, and it has that number for that exact product, contract pricing, high density polyethylene, blow molding, and there's your number. Let's just say it was, I, I think it was 56 cents a pound. If that number was 56 cents a pound, then if you had bought that swap prior, let's just say if you bought it at 60 cents a pound, say back in May, well, you lose four cents a pound. Um, and and the, the, the opposite to that is, is that you're floating that index physically. So you're, you've, you've bought product that's, gonna, that's tied to that index. So if that index moves up, you're going to lose on your physical if you if that you're that you're going to be purchasing over that over that month and so therefore the swap protects you against that movement and really your movement is just in that basis that you've you know that you've locked in on your physical purchases much like grain or energy products or anything else that we trade today it's really yeah. not that much different when we started delving into physical contracts um, from what we were seeing people do we're like ah we, we were kind of relieved because it's really very similar to what we've been seeing is your standard old basis contracts and other commodities that we've seen for years. Right. Um, it's just tied to an index. That index floats. The producer floats the index. The consumer floats the index. They get a price and then everything ties out. And so we're like, why can't we just make a swap that ties off to what that index is? And uh, it's it's really as simple as that. It's beneficial for the customer too because it gives them the flexibility to to make a physical purchase when the basis is favorable too, right? Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is time. it doesn't, it's not going to affect their physical purchasing. I get this question a lot. So if I go do a financial hedge, well, what do I do about my long-term supplier? Well, it really gives you flexibility. It gives you the power and the leverage to be able to canvas the market. You can go out and buy spot. You can do different things. If you've got one supplier that you're married to, that's fine. You don't have to change anything. Um, it, it, it definitely gives some flexibility because we're not going to change anything that they're physically doing. Uh, we may give them some advice or we may offer them some advice if they ask, you know, on different ways to think about how they're going to procure. Um, but, but largely there's, there's zero change in what they're going to be doing, uh, physically. It's just giving them the opportunity to manage the index that they've always been floating in the past. Fantastic. Um, are there. Are there examples in recent memory that come to mind for you where there was a company, we don't have to name names, but when there was a company who, who was able to take advantage of some of these tools and maybe it helped their bottom line that you can share? Uh, if not, we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so we, we've, we kind of had it both ways, right? So you've had companies, um, you know, pre-COVID that did some strips out through COVID. And, you know, so let's just say that stuff really kicked in in April of 2020. Yeah, April of 2020. So guys that came into like December of 2019, really looking at budgeting for the calendar year or maybe the second half of the year because they'd already done the first half earlier that calendar year. 
And those guys, you know, prices were historically cheap. There wasn't really much expectation for, you know, price sensitivity, but they looked at it because they liked the idea that they could budget and they could, you know, lock this in. And if there was an adverse movement, no big deal. Um, you know, it took care of me on that index. And so you had, you had companies that would come in and they would lock in like say Cal 2020 or the second half of 2020. And they had bought swaps on high density polyethylene and polypropylene at you know, high forties, low fifties, 60 cents a pound. And by the end of the year, uh, those things were averaging well over 90 cents, dollar, dollar 10 a pound. And so windfall gains financially, and obviously they were floating index physically higher, but it definitely saved them relative to somebody that did not do anything because their, you know, their residence prices literally doubled. Um, and at the same time, my other point would be we had guys that we were, you know, talking to, trying to get them up to speed, trying to have companies come along, you know, that just failed to do anything. And then they look back and they see the indexes going higher and higher. They're like, well, what would have happened if we would have locked those swaps in? It, you know, you can just, yeah. it's, it's just simple math at that point, right? You just look and see what, what would have happened and how much that would have impacted your bottom line. And that's where we always kind of come back to companies and say, you know, we're, we're not trying to trade here. We're not trying to make money on high density polyethylene or polypropylene going higher or lower. We're, we're a company that's involved in a core commodity or has margin on a commodity. And if packaging is a cost of doing business or a, a, something that impacts your gross margins, um, then we can manage that. You know, that's something that we can use to control that margin. And, you know, if you stress that margin, say by 20, 30, 40% with increase in, in packaging costs, look at what that does to your overall business. And so that's where we come back and just say, we can look at a lot of different things. We can look at macroeconomics. We can look at margins from producers. We can, you know, really look at the, you know, the, the, the base energy market, look at all these things. And we can come back and make some fairly educated decisions on where do we think things are going? What do they look like now? But at the end of the day, it really comes back to budgeting and understanding what business you're in and can we control those costs from blowing up on us? I think yeah. that's a perfect, oh, sorry, Craig. I was going to no. say, I think that's a perfect kind of segue into that last thing, uh, which is we provide access to the marketplace and some very valuable financial hedging tools, but also market intelligence, which is very hard to find in, in this sector. And I was going to ask you, Bruce, just tell us a little yeah. bit about kind of the, the updates that we put out and how a listener who might want to engage with us or start to see some of that information, kind of what um, wh where, where we should point them. Yeah, absolutely. So we've built what we call our Plastics Knowledge Center now. And so we have every, we, we do a weekly video update. It's a little four minute snippet that our senior expert does on the plastics markets and basically talks about any changes or what we're seeing in the space. You know, any, any crackers or any units that have gone down? Is there any potential weather changes? Um, is there any big buyers that are talking about anything different or producers talking about moving prices up? Any of that type of talk gets talked about that in that weekly video snippet. And then every two weeks, we're doing a much more, uh, a much larger, more detailed report talking about margins, talking about, um, you know, the expectations for the, for the monthly indexes and how they're going to set prices and, and really fundamentals at that point. You know, is there units offline? How much is that impacting the market? 
what's the export market look like? Obviously, we know China is a huge player in commodities and they've been hugely impactful for these types of markets. Um, and then relative to our internal infrastructure at home and everything that's going on there with feedstocks, we really try to tie those things together. And so all that's available weekly. You can get that email. Um, and, you know, we have, we, have a, we have a team that, you know, helps people get signed up for that and make that available to you. Uh, on our Plastics Knowledge Center, we've done a lot of webinars in the past. I think we've hosted four, maybe five over the last 18 months. We've been trying to do them quarterly. Um, those are all up there uh, on our Knowledge Center. Every one of the videos, every one of the past um, reports that we do biweekly are up there. And then uh, we have some marketing material up there and some examples of different hedging types of things and and uh, maybe some more detail on like the the, the contract specifications uh, and things like that are up there as well. But pretty much anything you could think of, I think we have on that Knowledge Center and if it's not, then uh, obviously I could get that to anybody that needed something more specific. Now that's, that is just that, and this has been fantastic, Bruce. I know I've learned a lot about plastics today and, you know, anyone who is listening that is interested, you know, uh, you can contact us. Our, our contact information is in the show notes. You can contact Bruce uh, and his team directly, but um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. There are a lot of companies out there with, with exposures to, uh, to plastics and, um, yeah, packaging. I think it's great. Yeah. This episode is going to get a lot of traction and I look forward to sharing it with, uh, with a lot of folks who've been asking for this kind of thing. So hopefully we can, we can make some introductions soon. Yeah. One thing I would say kind of in closing too, guys is, you know, what we talked about today was kind of, you know, 60,000 foot overview and kind of just sketching some broad strokes. Yeah. I, yeah, I mentioned Howard Rappaport. He's had 40 plus years in the industry. Uh, brought on a couple of years ago, used to be the senior director for for what, what was then IHS, which is probably the most widely known publication and third-party indice uh, for, for the plastics markets. But we brought him on and he's on our team. And so, I mean, if you want to get in the weeds, we have that capability. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm our trader and I can, I can stay fairly high level in that regard and talk about pricing and swaps. But if you want to get in the weeds and talk about physical and contracts and different stuff like that and, and movements and fundamentals, we have that covered. So um, yeah, always happy to have some much further, uh, deeper discussions when it's pertinent for the right folks. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Nope, I think we got a deep bench here and uh, in our next episode, we may get into more of what we can do on the physical, physical procurement side as well. But for today, hopefully that gives everyone a taste on the plastics and packaging. Um, some of the folks we have here at Stonex to help you and your company out. And as Craig mentioned, we've got all our contact information in the show notes. Definitely want to welcome you to reach out so we can get you set up uh, to that Plastics Resource Center and get you more information that's helpful. All right, guys. Well, hey, have a, have a great day. And you know, thanks for being on, on the podcast, Bruce. Hey, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. The trading of derivatives such as futures, options, and over-the-counter OTC products or swaps may not be suitable for all investors. Derivatives trading involves substantial risk of loss. You should fully understand those risks prior to trading. Past financial results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. All references to futures and options on futures trading are made solely on behalf of the FCM division of Stonex Financial Inc., a member of the National Futures Association 
and registered with the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission as a Futures Commission Merchant. All references to and discussion of OTC products or swaps are made solely on behalf of Stonex Markets, LLC, a member of NFA and provisionally registered with the CFTC as a swap dealer. Stonex Markets products are designed only for individuals or firms who qualify under CFTC rules as an eligible contract participant and who have been accepted as customers of Stonex Markets. This material should not be constructed as a solicitation of trading strategies and or services provided by the FCM division of Stonex Financial or Stonex Markets as noted in this presentation and podcast. Neither the FCM division of Stonex Financial Inc. nor Stonex Markets is responsible for any redistribution of this material by third parties or any trading decisions taken by persons not intended to view this material. Information contained herein was obtained from sources believed reliable, but is not guaranteed. These materials represent the opinions and viewpoints of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and viewpoints of the FCM division of StoneX Financial or StoneX Markets. Reproduction or use in any format without authorization is forbidden. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved.